the award-winning Mercedes-Benz Vito invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Peter Grace. Welcome to another week of it, everybody. And today, what are we up to? We're going to put our producer to the test. We're going to make him take the sound effects challenge. We're going to cross to the set of Australia's most troubled new film production. <laughs> and uh, amnesties. Let's see what else we want an amnesty on. Why should knives have all the fun? But here's the big news. The Veronicas, Eskimo Joe and Nickelback in the one hour. Does it get any better than that? And we know that voice. That's the first voice that ever was heard on FM radio in this country. Peter Grace. Good morning, Tone. And, you know, a bit of history. Let's give the kids a history lesson, Gracie. This is the beginning of a long, long time. There you go. The first words ever heard on Triple M. That's Billy Idol, and this is Get This Around the Nation on Triple M. Good morning. I think that's the word I'm looking for. It morning. It is morning. It's me, Tony Martin. It's that man, Ian Cavalier. Morning. We're able to talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's the start of the week. We need some professionalism yeah, in here. Yeah, please. This show's in pieces on the floor. Yeah. It hasn't even started. Please welcome Peter Grace. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. I like it. That's, Not bad. That's what a real radio announcer mm-hmm. sounds like. The first ever man to speak on this station. Now, let's get this right. Let's lay down a bit of history for yep. people. The Triple M anniversary is, I assume, celebrated uh, on the day the Triple M Sydney started. Because it's the parent parent station, yeah. yeah. But because it actually started here on the 11th of July, 1980. 1980, because that was Eon FM. Yep. Later became Triple M. Yep, yep. So technically that's the Triple M anniversary, is yeah, that right? That is the birth date of, well, commercial FM in Australia too. So. And you were the first person. You're like the Bruce Gingell of Triple M, of, of radio really. Yeah, I had my moment, yeah. Now every time we mention this, a lot of people call up and go, oh, there was FM radio earlier, but that was yeah, not, not no, commercial was, FM. No, no, this was the real, like the money-making machine mood. <laughs> right. The hungry bugger. <laughs> and how did you get selected to be first? Uh, pure luck. I was actually, uh, I think I started out, I was supposed to be doing drive time, and then somebody else wanted to do it, and then they said, well, you can do, like, early nights, and then somebody else wanted to do it, and then they said, you can do late nights, which coincided with the, <laughs> right. with the launch, and then uh, from then on, I, I sort of moved up the chain a bit. Now, you know, obviously it's significant. It's the first time you're going to hear music in stereo, yeah. on the radio. So what do they decide to open with? Uh, new Kid in Town by the Eagles, <laughs> which wasn't my choice at all, but apparently it was symbolic and it meant something at the time. Right. But see, in those days, tone music was more important uh, in radio program. It wasn't your back-to-back nickelback. You couldn't get away with that. Then, uh, the, you know, the, the monkey actually had to wear a suit in those days. <laughs> <laughs> it was much still more deaf. formal. It was still deaf, but he had to wear a suit. <laughs> and so, obviously, you did that, yep. and then... And were you also like... Uh, the stunt Lee Simon on Night yeah, Moves yeah, on I TV. Was, yeah, I was the uh, support Lee Simon. I actually spent the 11 of the longest minutes of my life on, on that television show, Night Moves, because one night they uh, they sent everybody off to... Uh, all the experienced control room people went to do the outside broadcast, and I was left back at the studio hosting the first half of the show. At some point, the videotape goes down, and instead of going to a slide, they go back to the guy in the chair. And so there's 11 minutes of me with a guy waving going, 30 seconds. Oh, well, that was... <laughs> trying to fill it. That was a series on Channel 10, Hot Dogs Up Late. <laughs> oh, it went on forever. I'm like, to show you what the era was like, I'm doing three mile island weather jokes at the time. I'm looking for anything at the time. Oh, well, we Three day forecast. Yeah. Three day forecast for three mile island, two days. We might be, uh... 
busting them out before the end <laughs> of the <laughs> show. And then, of course, years later, uh, you were the producer of Mark Malloy. Oh, what, the, what fun that was. It was the most fun I've ever had in that whole time I've been in the radio still. Despite the fact that I think we spent a lot of time uh, making fun of your sex life. Oh, lack yeah, thereof. yeah, I was the most, Australia's most celebrated celibate for about three years <laughs> for a while. And what have you brought, have you brought in a tape? Uh, well, this is, uh, I, I mean, I doubt if you can remember this tape, but uh, very early in the people, towards the end of Martin Law, you've been bagging me for not bringing in a tape of uh, the opening of FM radio. And, and does that exist, by the way, the real... Yes, it does, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but you decided that you were going to make your own, so here's Did one I? from the Martin Malloy archive. Uh, welcome to a brand new. What's. It? Oh, shit! Welcome to a brand new era of. Safe! A brand new era of stereo sound! Yeah, but I wouldn't let them catch you smoking that in the audience, Julia. Oh, sorry, buddy, you. Yeah! This is no, no, it's a real broadcast! We go to air! Oh, sorry, mate. Okay! Now let's all. Oh, sorry, Rosie. Oh. Uh, mate, can you send a cheerio to Rosetta? Who? And uh, can you play Rosetta by Toto? No, no, mate. That is not a song you're going to hear on this station or any FM station in this new decade. All right, mate. Keep your leg warmers on. Okay, it's a brand new era. I'm Peter Grace, and this is the sound of the future. Yeah, pretty nice off. That is pretty good, Gracie. Yeah. I reckon I'm going to be getting a lot more sex from here on. <laughs> oh, there you go. The ongoing so, gag. So that was 1980, yeah. and then one year later, Ed Cavalli was born. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. What do you remember here? What was the first thing you heard on the radio, Ed? What do you remember? Uh, um, what a Feeling, the Julie Anthony cover of What a Feeling. And we were driving, lived in Brisbane, and we were driving to the shops, and I went, Mum, I must have that single. Julie Anthony's cover. I know, I don't know. The woman from the St. George bank ads yeah, yeah, yeah. doing What a Feeling. Oh. I loved it. <laughs> and Gracie, paint a picture of what radio was like in 1980. Was it just uh, pot-smoking madness? It was pretty smoky, yeah, yeah. And people just playing whatever they wanted. they just bring in records from home and yeah, that could go to air? Pretty much. Rule one was there are no rules yeah. and, you know, and there is no plan B. All of those things. Yeah, you know, make it up as you go. And as a result, somebody would play the same song half an hour after somebody else had just played. Right. Oh, I like that one. Right. <laughs> there was one announcer who I remember at the old Eon FM building. Oh, this will be the one that used to wear the sarong, I would imagine. Yeah, though. I won't say his name. Moment, yeah. But he, he was famous for, I think it was on a Saturday afternoon, he was doing a shift and uh, he left something down in his car. Mm. And so he popped down to get it and the song ran out. And he'd locked himself out of the building. Oh, good. So there's nothing going to air for about two minutes. Newsreaders run in, put just anything on. Turns out it's the same song that's just gone to air. <laughs> Meanwhile, this bloke's down the front, and he's... I don't know what kind of state he's, of mind he's in, mm. but he's thought, the only way I can get into the building is to run mm. through the plate glass window. Oh, good. So he's just charged at the plate glass window, run through, and found himself not in the radio station, but the building next door, <laughs> which is actually Glenn Wheatley's building. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> That sounds like the man in the sarong. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the good old days. Look, speaking of broken glass, can I rose, raise my Crime Stopper story from the other night? Sure. I was on my way to the shop. You know that I live uh, in a. My, I come out a gate between two shops at my place, and I was yes. heading to the Seven Eleven the other night, 
and I get to the health food shop, and I, I'm looking at the health food shop, and there's a big uh, hole in the plate glass door of the, of the health food shop. Right. So I thought, oh, that's just been done. I, I might be, I better report that when I get back. So I took a couple of steps away, and I hear a tinkle of glass. I turn around, and here's the guy who's broken into the health food shop coming out through the broken glass with all the stuff he's knocked off. No vegetables on that, and nothing. No scented soap, no vegetables. You just have the till. <laughs> so he came out the door, and he saw me looking at him, and I didn't know what to do, so I'll just stare at him. I'll freak him out. So I just yeah. stared at him. So about 15, 20 seconds, we're just staring at each other, and I'm thinking, well, I better think of saying something. You got five bucks, mate, or something like that. <laughs> but... Uh, but then uh, he, he disappeared around the corner. So I rang and called the police. And then when they arrived, I came down the stairs. And as I came out my gate, I hear voices going, that's him, that's the guy. <laughs> and these are the people from over the road who'd heard the window break, yeah. looked out their window, seen me walking along the street, yeah. stopping, looking at the shop, and then appearing to talk to the man who came out of the shop with uh, <laughs> all the stuff. Oh, look. <laughs> and so when are you being arraigned? <laughs> That's it, I ended up in the middle of this sort of scenario, and I was only on the way to the shop. Well, that's what they all say. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that sounds... one in the book. That's straight out of our crime file. Bad. Now that you're down at our level, Gracie, stick around. No. Make yourself a cup of, a cup of something legal, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back in a moment. I'll get this. That's Eskimo Joe, not in excess. Here at Get This on Triple M Around the Nation, where Peter Grace, the first man to speak on the network ever, mm. is with us. Uh, and where do you work these days, Gracie? I work at uh, Melbourne's uh, first Indigenous community radio station. It's called 3KND. stands for Cool and Deadly. Right. And Deadly being a uh, word in Aboriginal uh, community for something that's really good. And are you introducing yeah. uh, Smackdowns and Nickelback to the Aboriginal no, playlist? No, no, not, not really, no. We're sort of getting by without Nickelback at the moment. We're trying to, anyway. But there's so much great uh, music by contemporary Aboriginal acts in Australia. I'd advise anybody, again, to to uh, check it out because there's some great acts beyond the Christines and the Yothi Indies and all those ones that we know about all the time that we've heard about for years. There's a whole other level of those kind of bands. And uh, actually, uh, Hesse and I were, were yes. working with a lot of uh, these people. Uh, and you did a lot of work with Paul Hester. Yeah, yeah. Well, Paul and I did a lot of work with uh, with Aboriginal musicians as well. And uh, some of that is uh, hopefully is going to turn up on Channel 31 in uh, the next few months. And Channel 31 in Melbourne, public television, uh, uh, we made a show called Sorta Like a Show. Yeah, right, yeah, right. I've seen some of that. And uh, it was all just bits and pieces that we cut up. I sort of say it's sort of like a show. It's stuff I've shot, stuff I've done, and stuff I've shot of friends doing stuff I wish I could do. There you go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, that's and, a program. Yeah, and uh, a lot of music in that. And again, again, a lot of music from uh, the people we've been working with from the Aboriginal community. Too. I think that Aboriginal music is really going to take off now that uh, Tony Abbott has gone and oh. had a word to them. <laughs> and I saw Tony Abbott on the Sunday program mm. yesterday and... Uh, uh, Laurie Oakes was interviewing him and he brought up the subject of some kind of uh, cervical cancer vaccine that they're working on, mm. which has to be given to kiddies when they're like nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. So this could be controversial. So have a listen to this exchange on that subject between Laurie and Tony Abbott. You're not troubled by the fuss in, in America where conservative groups claim that this would lead to teenage promiscuity? Well, I think we can assume that at some stage in their lives, most women are going to have sex. Oh. Oh, from Tony Abbott. That's Can we? Right. That's, uh, that's not why I vote Liberal, Tony, to hear things like that. Jeez. I think much. we could assume that most women are going to have sex with me. <laughs> and possibly a child, well, possibly not. Maybe not. <laughs> what a disturbing image on a Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah. yeah. He knows about that sort of thing. Yeah, he does. He's been briefed. <laughs> hey, it's movie season. It's Aussie movie season. We're coming up to the AFI Awards. Yep. Uh, has anyone seen an Australian film? 
Anyway, Doesn't sound like no, it. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to back on this show? We've got to get behind one of these Aussie films. We do. Now, see this Jindabyne that's there is. coming out. I've heard it's really good, mm. but I notice it seems, it seems to be Lantana too. Yeah. Yes. An ensemble drama, yeah. a dead woman's body sparks a lot of uh, unravelling of human relationships, and even the same font, even <laughs> the same logo <laughs> as Lantana. You've got to give people visual cues, Tone. Right. You know doesn't, I mean? doesn't it have some sort of connection with the Raymond Carver story? That It was... Yeah. Yeah, the, the variation on the... It's the one that was in the film Shortcuts, which is fantastic movie. And, and the Paul Kelly song, So Much Water, So Close to Home. Correct. Right. That. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And it's uh, three blokes go fishing yeah, mm-hmm. find and it. find a dead body, mm-hmm. blah de blah The most disturbing image possibly in the history of cinema mm-hmm. is in Shortcuts. One of the three blokes in the version of it in Shortcuts is played by Huey Lewis from Huey yeah. Lewis. Wow. And, the news. and there he is having a piss. Oh, and you're just going in, like, when they invented cinema, mm. back in when, the 1800s, did they go, eventually Huey Lewis <laughs> taking a piss in widescreen. That's what we'll see. I want a new drug test. <laughs> so the bar has been raised for the Aussie version. Right. Yeah, that sounds too arty for us. We've what got, other ones? Uh, you've got your candy, your glam- your this year's glamorous heroin addict picture. Oh, yeah. The yeah. AFC uh, stipulates there must be at least one per year. <laughs> I'm over it. Uh, what I else you got you there? Uh, we've got uh, Solo, the Project Greenlight winner, the, um, you know, gangster, etc. Yes, you know? Vince Colosimo. Yeah, Footy Legends, uh, with our homeboy Angus Sampson. Yep, yeah, could yep, be good. Yet to come out. We've got your uh, Kokoda. Yeah, that's been and gone. Yeah, been and gone. Also and with uh, Angus. Uh, yeah, with Guz. Guzzy Sampson. Uh, and then the Book of Revelation. Uh, that's Book the latest. Not. That's an Australian film. Artie Porno <laughs> from the Head On People. There we go. <laughs> okay. That's... So we're not going to go for... We, we love those, but we're not going for that. Is that right, Tone? I'm saying we need something more like Snakes on a Plane. Ah, We yeah. need the Aussie Snakes on a Plane. Yes, yes. And I think I've come up with a candidate. What's that? Forget all your glamorous heroin addicts and uh, getting your gear off and... Mm. You know, being sad, trying to meet the high standards of Huey, Huey Lewis. Yeah, Yobbo's up the guts. That's Whoa. the one I think we're getting behind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what's that? And <laughs> pray tell, what's that about? I picked up the Adelaide Advertiser the other day. Always and found a good idea. A picture of Bill Hunter leaning on a bar. Oh, yes. Oh, strange. <laughs> <laughs> it just could have been taken at any time of the day or yeah. night. <laughs> any time in his career. <laughs> any time in the last seventy years. But there it is. It's it's uh, Bill Hunter. Yep. It's Mark Jacko Jackson, it's uh, Warwick Capper mm. gurning away, mm. and it's a woman with enormous breasts wearing a T-shirt saying Darwin or bust. Oh. <laughs> Yobbo's of the Guts, starring Bill Hunter and former footballers Mark Jacko Jackson and Warwick Capper, tells the story of a group making their way through Central Australia. Uh, th- th- now, that's in the movie. All right. But then in real life, this same trio is on a national wild colonial Yobbo's comedy tour. Bill Hunter's doing stand-up. Wow. wow. Fantastic. <laughs> If you're throwing a glass, make sure it's full. <laughs> uh, accompanied by other yobbos, including the Dixter from Fat Pizza yeah. and Nick the Hippie. The who's straight Nick the, who's to Nick the Hippie. Who's Nick the Hippie? Is, are we missing Sydney, out on Sydney comic? I think. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. all right. The straight to DVD movie. Hello. What? Will ensure include scenes shot in hotels. In Roxby Downs, Cooper, Petey, Darwin, Catherine, Tin Creek and other small mining towns. Well, that's why Bill's on board. Mm-hmm. They found a, a way to combine his schedule and a shooting <laughs> schedule perfectly. Uh, Russian filmmaker Karyan Noska said the movie was about bringing Australia to the rest of the world. We capture the colour and the movement of the people, he says. Yep. Now, that was last week. Sounds and I good, filed that away, and I thought, you know, Yobbo's up the guts. That'll be, you know, maybe we'll mention on the mm-hmm. show. Maybe we'll get behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows if there's anything to that story. Mm. 
Then it broke wide open yesterday. <laughs> Did you see this picture of Warwick Kappa, Gracie? Oh, what a tragic shot too, isn't it? What's happened to him? Warwick cops a bloody nose. Warwick Kappa copped a broken nose while fighting a Russian movie director outside the former <laughs> Woomera Detention Centre in South Australia's north. Yes. That sentence has everything in it. Yes. <laughs> it's gone pear-shaped right from the start, yes. hasn't it? <laughs> Kappa has admitted throwing the first punch at director Noska, yes. who has since quit the filming of Yobbo's <laughs> Up the Guts yeah. after about four days. Yeah. And who's directing now? Oh, Bill Hunter's taken over. Hey. Bill Hunter's directing the movie. <laughs> what is going to happen there? We've got to follow this. Uh, Says look. Kappa, it's bleeding a lot. I think it's broken. My it's plas- the movie. <laughs> the movie. Yeah. <laughs> my plastic surgeon's really pissed off. He only finished working on my new nose a month ago. <laughs> That's what he's angry about, his plastic surgeon being pissed off. But this is what I like. These things, this is a quote from Warwick Kappa on the set of Yobbo's Up the Guts with his nose plastered across his face. These things happen when you make films. Artistic dis- differences can flare up and the so next true. moment you're in a fight. Although that Russian was an arrogant asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so we have got to get behind uh, that. Well, you've got to love the title too. It says what it's about. Absolutely too, doesn't right. it? It's none of your book of revelations no. and farty farty kind of stuff. No, no, so, guts, so you know what you're going to get. Forget your Lantana <laughs> remakes. Wow. This is the one that I reckon is going to save the industry. Sweep the AFIs. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to see Judy Davis saying, and the winner is Yobbo's up the guts. <laughs> so if you're working on that film, if you've got anything oh, yeah, to contribute to please. the tapestry of cinema yeah. that is Yobbo's up the guts. Yeah, no. Look, there's uh, one thing I will say in Warwick's defence. It is impossible to go through the desert in South Australia without getting picked. You know, a, a Russian film director trying to start a fight with you. <laughs> It was going to happen sooner or later. It's you know? impossible to go to a pub in South Australia without getting into artistic differences <laughs> with somebody. It's probably impossible for Warwick to avoid a punch in the nose. <laughs> well, okay. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Yes. We're going to be following that. But next up, because you're here, Grace, you uh-huh. used to push buttons on yes. uh, Martin Malloy. We're yep. going to put this bloke, Richard Marsden, yeah. the man who pushes oh, buttons yeah. on this show. Yep to the test. We're going to give him the sound effects test. That'll be next. Get this. As far as I'm concerned, it's just a waste of time and money. For the award-winning Mercedes-Benz Vito on Triple M. Oh, look, it's Triple M. Let's get this. And next up, we're going to make our producer jump through some hoops. Why not? That's Paul Kelly to her door here at Get This on Triple M around the nation. Myself, Tony Martin. Cavalier's just popped out for a sandwich. (laughs) Here he comes. (laughs) Yeah, it was the short version of the Paul Kelly song. Ed, how are you? Hi. And Peter Grace is here from, uh, well, from the pantheon of greats at Triple M in the the Hall of Fame. (laughs) From the past. There you go. Hi, I'm from the past. Oh, it's fun being from the past. You don't want to be from the future. That'd be a nightmare. (laughs) Be a backward step. I've been there, done it. Uh, look, you had to do a lot of things on Mark Malloy, Gracie. I did. I had to supply sound effects. And uh, I remember there was one time when we were out on the balcony of this very building walking around on Milo can stilts. Were we? What was uh, that for? That, that was for the sketch uh, about the Milo, about mixed Milo can stilts. <laughs> another one where, where we, we had his dog pushing a Milo can. We had a dog pushing a Milo can around. I have no idea yeah. what that one was for. We tried to get his dog, uh, Barty Boy, to do a Spice Girls number. That's right, yeah. 
that, that worked quite well. Yeah. There was another time, and you ended up playing actually me making the sound effect because uh, we wanted John Laws' head going in and out of a bucket of water. Oh, yes. And uh, so we ended up playing this thing on the air. It was just me in a studio going, head goes in. Head comes out. <laughs> head goes in. <laughs> so bed goes you. up, bed goes down. So we used to play you doing the sound effects as a segment. <laughs> well, on that particular one you did, and there was another time when I was assigned... <laughs> I was assigned to make a bong. Were you? Yeah. I don't think that was anything I to do with the show. Well, no, no, well, it, it was actually. I had to get help. It was a sound effect we needed, and I had to get, I had to get help from the uh, work experience guy. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a good look. <laughs> when you need a bong, usually the work experience kid is the one to see. Well, that, if you remember, that was the one where that uh, with the interview with the guy up in Darwin who was growing like fifteen hundred acres for his own personal use. <laughs> it's all did, coming you back. Did the interview with him and it was interspersed with. <laughs> I remember very little of those years, Gracie. All I remember is a lot of Labouche and Ace of Base. Oh, yes. <laughs> did you guys play Labouche? Oh yeah, and a lot of and a lot of what was that song, Gracie? Who cares? <laughs> Okay, look, what we thought you'd do, because you're in here, we try and impress you with the standard oh, of uh, button-pushing we've got with Mr. Marsden, yeah, our friend over here. you got, big boy. But I'm no Gracie. I mean, you've got a bout of the sensei. I mean, I asked, actually asked for uh, for Gracie to guest panel. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we could have dueling panels one time. Yes. That'd be good. But what we're going to do is I'll just throw a few things at you, Mr. Mars, and okay. see if, what you've got. Uh, oh, look, heck, it's a press conference, and here comes Kim Beasley. <laughs> He's getting down, too. That's pretty good, Kim Beasley, do you see? Not bad. But, but hang on, here comes John Howard. <laughs> That's the on the buses theme. <laughs> I'll get you, Beasley. <laughs> okay, uh, how about what happens to Ed when he leaves the studio every day and there's a whole lot of girls out the front? <laughs> <laughs> That's what, what it looks like. Off. That's what it looks like. Uh, tell you what, Mr. Marsden, could you just drop a sandbag onto McGoolies? Go with plums! <laughs> and now I need the sound of swollen plums. <laughs> You're listening to the sound of swollen plums. <laughs> Is that what Maddie came up with for that? Triple M. More swollen plums. <laughs> more often. Less repetition. Uh, here's what. Hey, I wonder if Shane Warne's worried about losing that test match. There's only one thing that really worries me, and that's hair loss. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an old standby. <laughs> hey, let's imagine Charlie's Theron, as she says she likes to do, having naked time around the house. <laughs> Just reaching for a high shelf. There we go. Nicely done. It's all theatre of the mind. Yeah. Uh, and because of that imagery, the six million dollar man has become sexually aroused. Very nice. That's why he never had a girlfriend with an arm like that. Who needs a good man? <laughs> Hello. Steady on. He had a bionic girlfriend and a bionic dog, I'll have you know. Yeah. I wonder if uh, John Howard ever gets sexually aroused. Uh, the answer is yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that, Mr. Downer? It's obviously completely absurd. It's pure oh. <laughs> Doing well, Mr. Yeah, Marsden. Here's one for you. Come up with a sound that would infuriate our Brisbane listeners. 
Oh, <laughs> there it is. Someone's at the tap running. <laughs> Up a bit louder, Richard. I can feel them turning over in Brisbane. <laughs> Sorry, Brisbane. Top it off with a full flush. <laughs> what an infuriating sound. No, I can't condone that. Sorry about that, Brisbane. Drop another sandbag on me if you could. No, we plums! What's happening now? <laughs> Live from my pants, apparently. <laughs> it's the bowels of the Nostromo. <laughs> Alien. That's not swollen plums. What's that? Just put a bit of that to it. Okay. <laughs> he's done it. Well, that's well, pretty good. Give yourself, oh, he's given himself yeah, a round as well. Do you remember one where you had 30, 30 pieces for me to play? Really? It was when you were doing how Oasis have ripped everybody else off. Oh, yeah. And, and even to the point where they ripped themselves off. They had, that's right. <laughs> there was a song off their second album was just a faster version of the song of their first album. They, there was so many rip-offs. Yeah, and it took 30 pieces of music for you to it played in order like that for us to get it. Remember that one that I'm um, free to be whatever I... Mm. And we worked out that was just how sweet be to be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking of sound effects, just very quickly, I've introduced you to the glories of the one of the great things that we uh, owe to the remote control age we now live in the age of the electronic whoopee cushion you're holding it over there yes and you've got the button i've got the remote control but that's it there you go. that's it's got, nowhere it's got several different pre-programmed uh, styles and i find the best fun you can have with these is watching the late night movies very late at night the black and white movies on the abc the moment somebody goes to stand up from a couch or something you just give it a bit of <laughs> See, this is old school, Richard. I love it. No computers required. The remote control will be cushion. He's just brought in to... his own sound effects. <laughs> no huffing or puffing anymore. You don't have to blow them up anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think we have to declare an amnesty on that item right there, and that's what we're going to be talking about next. Amnesties on Get This. That's the Veronica's here at Triple M on Get This, where we're brought to you by the award-winning Mercedes-Benz Vito. Mm-hmm. Van of the year. Other vans just driving themselves off the road in embarrassment <laughs> when they see the veto coming their way. Oh, yeah. This is true. But for the normal van price, I think you're fine. But bargain. Oh, hang on. Get off the road, veto. Here comes Kim Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you like the way he moves? Right. That's good, Kim Beasley music, Richard. It's well, really yeah. good. Hey, let's climb the mountain. Ah. Grace is with us today, the original voice of Triple M, mm-hmm. way back in 1980, mm-hmm. back in the days when, uh, oh, what was happening in 1980? The Knack, they yeah. were going to be the next big thing, they were weren't they? the Beatles, I think, yeah, they were going to be the next Beatles, but then, yeah. <laughs> There's a great uh, episode of Countdown that comes on Rage occasionally, and it's a review of the entire 1970s. Now, think of how much oh, great wow. music came out of that period, mm-hmm. and obviously the week they shot this retrospective... Like the Knack were at number one, oh, my no. Sharona. So there's just a series of people invoking the Knack, like they're going to be really significant. There's actually, <laughs> in that episode, you can see Paul McCartney going, you know, what we were doing, right? I mean, it's kind of what the Knack are doing now. Um, <laughs> and there's just all these people talking about the Knack. Just because for that week, they were like number one. Well, time's going to tell on the Knack. You yeah. know, they're, they're waiting, they're biding their time. <laughs> they're just having Sorry a difficult that. second album exactly. syndrome at the moment. <laughs> Let's talk about amnesties uh-huh. today. Uh, There's been one, hasn't there? There was a knife amnesty over mm, the weekend idea. in Victoria where they just set up a bin and they said, Kitties, bring your knives in. Kitties? Kitties. Kitties have got knives now, Ed. Mm. Was this not even happening in your day? No. 
Well, a kid once brought a butterfly knife uh, to school. What was that? Like a splayed? Yeah, no, it was like a really kind of like pretty serious knife. Oh, but butterfly knife. Yeah, he brought it to Not show Not a splayed off. at all. Yeah, and he fell for the worst sting ever. The principal warned over, guy had got wind of it and said, hey, I hear you got a butterfly knife. And he went, yeah, it's real. And he went, thanks, I'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> and off he went. Don't! <laughs> Oh, look, but what they're doing is uh, Les Twentyman and Victoria got a bit of a wheelie bin and a big stack of movie tickets. Mm. That's all you get hey, for your knife. Throw in your knife, get a movie ticket. Hang on. Footy pass. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's the movie tickets you yeah. want, so you can go see Yobbo's up the guts. Oh, it's not out yet. We'll <laughs> tell you when it is, yeah. though. So what are people handing in? Big, civic, like, serious knives? Or? He's like an 11-year-old uh, boy with a samurai sword. Look <laughs> at that. Look at that. That's disturbing. Wow. But if you have a look at the footage, mm. if you freeze-frame the footage on the news, there were just a lot of normal kitchen knives. That's there. what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. People just after the tickets. That's right. <laughs> people just putting alfoil on sticks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want to go see Pirates of the Caribbean for free? Yeah. Get a couple of knives out of the drawer. <laughs> Pop down to Les's bin. <laughs> Make our own pirate swords. Still on? It's. I don't know if it's still going. But they say it's such a good idea. They should be doing it in other cities now. And yes, and, it'll yeah. be the knife amnesty will yeah. be spreading. Good Why idea. should knives have all the fun? That's what we're saying. What else yep. would you like to see an amnesty on? The new uh, look acid wash jeans. <laughs> Throw them in the bin. Yeah. They weren't good the first time round. Ladies, no, stop no. wearing the really tight grey acid wash jeans. No, I reckon hipster jeans are just about ready to be handed in now. Put them in. Get some booing happening, Mr. Moe. We need booing for these things. Well, fair enough. The hipster jeans. They are because we're going the other way. High pants are yeah, back. High pants. Suddenly, high pants are back. your dad is the height of fashion. Well, yeah. in Europe, it's high pants city limits. Wow. <laughs> they just cannot get enough of those high pants. Well, again, it's a repeat of fashion. Again, I was talking earlier about those old black and white movies yeah, on yeah, the yeah. telly. You see some very high pant work in those. <laughs> <laughs> Like all the way up to the under the arm pants. You know, oh, that's it? when you've gone too far. <laughs> I want to. Uh, I want to see an amnesty on uh, that. Pl- uh, the plot of robots getting real feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so I it doesn't have to be an object you can put in a bin. Yeah, it's basically just something you're sick of. I hate it. I hate it so much. And there's robots. always that moment where robots are like, you know, what is this salty emission from my eyes? Oh. And they realise they're more human than us. Because that was the robots. A- AI. They're robots. And it was Steven Spielberg. It's forever. It's happened so many times. Finishing a Stanley Kubrick film. The, a robot wouldn't have cried in exactly. the Stanley Kubrick film. Exactly one. right. Would have gone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would have done. <laughs> and like Terminator, softening and like learning to love the humans. Uh, That's not cool. Let's have... Okay, what about... Okay, forget movies. What about movie reviews? Amateur movie reviews on the oh, internet. Yeah, That's what I cool. love. The internet is meant to be... It's meant to be, you know, expression, yeah, freedom yeah, of expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so many people just try and follow the meter and idiom of proper film reviews. <laughs> have you noticed that? Yeah. I want these two hours of my life back. <laughs> Can we have a moratorium on that phrase? Everyone who writes it thinks they're the genius who thought of it. Done. I want these two hours. Or, or you'll just read some kid who's like 11 writing a, you know, a gorilla film review on the um. internet. And he'll have a phrase like... Um, uh, it's worth the price of admission alone to see this bit. What? <laughs> Just stop using the phrases that normal film critics use in your amateur ass film reviews on the internet. Done. I want those two hours of my life back. Stop saying it! <laughs> saying that is more annoying than anything that happened in those two hours. I want those two hours of my life back so I can use them to play video games <laughs> retrospectively. <laughs> what would you like to see in there? Anything else? Big brother of Vic D's. Put him in the bin. Give him a <laughs> yeah, boo. Yeah, yeah. Let's 
have an amnesty on them. Yeah. Mr. Marsland, anything you'd like to see in the bin? You know, we should all trade in our cassettes and singles because no one plays them anymore. You mentioned the cassettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should all trade them in and give them to... This is probably too sensible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're a bit of recycling from Marsland. That's nice. <laughs> but I found out that they used them in third world countries. A lot of uh, poor people listen to music on cassettes. <laughs> so we trade in all our cassettes and singles and we donate them to the third world. But what do, you said trade in first. What do we get for them? Uh, we get uh, iTunes vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> we get iTunes vouchers and people in the third world get copies of get what the politics feeling. of dancing. <laughs> on Kasingle. On Kasingle. With no batteries in the machine. Yeah. Give yourself a boo. Oh, yeah. Call us up. Tell yeah. us what you'd like to see an amnesty on. Right. From anywhere in the country. Yep. One triple three five three. Thank you to the one thousand people who called up wanting an amnesty on Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> Andrew, Luke, the list goes on and on. We're up the mountain. We are. <laughs> Ed, what do people want an amnesty on? And by the way, Peter Grace sitting in with yeah, us today. hello, Gracie. Uh, first up is Kevin, because I lost the first caller uh, as I was trying to say hello to them. So, hello, Kevin, you're first. Oh, God, how you going, guys? Very good, man. What would you like to see an amnesty on? I would like to see an amnesty on rap music. What do you reckon? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, it depends yeah. why. Why do you want to see an amnesty well, on Well, every year lyric seems to be something about smack mo bitch up and push it in, push it out, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, it's sort of an American kind of idea. I know. And it sounds fine. And it's just your Aussie rap. That to me, it always sounds like it's it's a jingle for Mitre Ten yeah. or something. Oh, well, in the seventies, they had that that you know they had a, they used to fill those baseball stadiums full of people saying "Death to Disco." Yes, right. What do you reckon? So, what are we rubbish rap? What do you reckon? <laughs> well, well, we can give it a go. But of course, yeah. the disco people weren't armed. The young folk with their hey. hipping and their hopping. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's, you know, let's put rap in the bin. But, hey, let's yeah. leave crunk alone. No, you're absolutely right. right. <laughs> don't touch. Don't knock the crunk. Absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. Hello, Royce. Yeah, good night, mate. How are you going? I'm very good. Uh, what, what do you would like to see an MC on, mate? I'd like to see an MC on reality TV shows and the people that watch them. Oh, <laughs> wow. We're not going to be left with many people, Royce. <laughs> well, there's, there's nothing worse than when you go to a, a party or go somewhere and people start talking about what, you know, pathetic people on TV have been doing in the last week. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm with you on that one. Which is your mo- which one do you find most offensive? Oh, mate, of course, Big Brother. Is that right? We're not just talking slapping, it's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, can I just say too, isn't it weird, you've got a whole generation that was raised by the television set, probably had more to do with the television set than their own parents, now watching shows about people who want to be on television. Yeah, That's yeah. All it is. There it is. There it is. Royce, would you ever, was there anything that could tempt you onto a reality show? Is there any scenario that could get you on? Not at all. Really? Not at all. Well, there's a show in itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reality TV. I wanted to go on Big Brother and be the bloke who doesn't talk to anybody. He's, he's, he's just grumpy. He's just there to give Pariah. up smoking. <laughs> I'm just going to lock myself away and give up smoking for a few days. Let's see that. Have we lost all our... Yeah, other... Aaron's here. Hey, Aaron. Oh, no, oh, Aaron, are you with us? See, Grace, it's the haunted studio. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Good, man. What do you want to see an amnesty on? Bongs, man. On bongs? <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Uh, drugs too expensive. Maybe we might meet a few people, get a cheap bargain. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, whereas we thought it was an anti-drug measure, it's just... You're trying to get one. Are you... from inside a bong. He's calling from You're inside a bong, Mr. Marsden said. As you call, <laughs> listen to the sound. Either that or you're falling down a cold chute with a mobile phone in your hand. Yeah, driving a golf buggy. 
There you go. There's the dangers of drugs, kids, right there. Thank you, Aaron. I'm afraid it is time for us to go. Thank you, Peter Grace, for coming in. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been great. Now, we've been joking for weeks that the Haunted Studio uses the actual panel, the desk, that you sort of, uh, you know, operated when you first went to air on Triple M back in the early 1980s. Not a joke, apparently. No, no, absolutely true. I can work it with my eyes shut. And, hang on, I'll just... <laughs> well, obviously that wasn't true. Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, sorry. Very nice. Thanks for coming in, Gracie. Thanks for bringing in your electronic whoopee cushion. And thanks to everyone who called us up with an amnesty. And I think our key phrase today was courtesy of Tony Abbott. Well, I think we can assume that at some stage in their lives, most women are going to have sex. <laughs> We'll be back tomorrow with the assistance of Fifi Box. All right. And it's all thanks to the Mercedes Benz Vito. <laughs>